You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back to the 750. I am your O, RJ Ochoa. He is your 75, two time Super Bowl champion, college football Hall of Famer. Not fresh off of a hole in one, but it happened over a week ago. So we should still be talking about it. The one and only Tony Casillas, TC, what up? I'm doing good, man. Hey, it's a, it's, it's a great Tuesday. Um, I, I'm kind of like uh, thousands of others, probably millions of others. Uh, March Madness bracket uh, crashed early on, but I am so glad that the right side of the bracket is all Texas, Houston and Baylor. So, Hey, it's not a bad Tuesday. Although I wanted Arkansas to win because my daughter goes to school there. It's great to see Baylor and Houston in the final four. Yeah, no, I, um, I saw you, uh, you share some things on social media. You were rooting for the hogs. Um, didn't work out. I, um, I have a take about the tournament so far. Um, it's it, I, I don't want to say it's been boring. Like, I don't I don't want to be ungrateful. You know what I mean? Like, we all missed it last year. Um, but I mean, like, have we really like have we had any buzzer beaters? I don't think there's been a single game that's ended on a buzzer beater. And, and I know there was one that went to overtime that which which one it was is escaping me right now. But like, we haven't had a single buzzer beater of a finish. You know, and like, right. we're, we're about to be at the final four. You know, what I mean? like, I don't feel like I'm asking for a lot. Yeah. Well, I think the Arkansas or Roberts was pretty good, good game. But I think sure. as you get as you get into the final four and the Elite Eight, I think it kind of deciphers, you know, the real contenders. I think the Cinderella stories are tremendous, but I think the the teams are in there right now. And you got USC and UCLA from the Pac-12. Um, I guess you could say that, you know, they kind of overachieved, but you know, it really doesn't matter, really, because it's just it's entertainment. It's a, it's one of the most remarkable uh, tournaments and that you can have because of what it represents. And just I think it's raw emotion, too. I, I really you know, I saw Kelvin Sampson last night. He was used to he was a former head coach at OU. So I, I know Kelvin. I was just you could just see, man, just the the anguish and just the, the joy because under the pandemic and all this stuff going on to have to go under those circumstances actually has some fans. I think it's pretty cool, but you know, March Madison bracket, I mean, it just gives everybody encapsulated and just really gives us something to watch, you know? Agreed. Uh, there was a great Yukon uh, Baylor game on the women's side on yeah. Monday night as well. So that was a great game. Like that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking, you know, so I suppose I overlooked that one, but um, I just, you know, I, I haven't been personally like floored yet, but I will say it feels like March, which is nice. Like we've got the tournament going on. Everybody's talking about their brackets. Uh, we just wrapped up the Austin Dell match play, uh, obviously on the PGA tour, the Valero Texas open. One of my favorite tournaments on tour for obvious reasons is this week. And next week, Tony is the masters. Like it just, yeah. it feels like we were 
I, I've obviously the word robbed is applicable. We were robbed of, of this experience a year. I mean, think about what our lives were like at this time a year ago. Like we were all still really new into the pandemic and really trying to figure things out. Yeah. And look, I don't want to dismiss the, the fact that COVID doesn't exist anymore because it's very, it's uh, prevalent. And, you know, I, I, I think you should get your vaccine if you have the opportunity since it's open in Texas. Uh, but you know, that's your own, your own decision to make. So there is some type of normalcy and it's going to be open in day soon. Major league baseball. Right. I know here in, in, in my part of the woods, uh, we got globe life that finally there's going to be fans. I saw my boy, Mike Ducey post some, some stuff on uh, social media. So uh, there's a lot to be hopeful and thankful for right now. But um, so you mentioned golf and we'll get into our podcast but did you see the whole Kevin Nog, Dustin oh, yeah. Johnson? I, mean, I think anyone that's played golf, and obviously you play golf like myself, we've played in our little matches. And, you know, to me, I hate to say it, but that's such a that's kind of a turd move. And I know rules are rules, but if you guys don't, the people that listen to this, it was like, what, a foot putt, and Kevin Nog did not concede that it was good. So Dustin Johnson just went up there nonchalant and just or just picked it up. Right. Ended up ended up losing that that hole and ultimately the match. I just thought that was kind of a jerk move. So uh, <laughs> for, for full context, if anybody's not a golf fan, last week's tournament on the PGA Tour is a different format than literally every other tournament. Um, it's it's not best score wins. You have to win every hole to match play. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so um, so so oftentimes if if a player has a putt that's a foot or, or you know, a very short putt, his opposing player will will concede the putt will say, hey, that's good. You know, you would have made that anyway. You don't have to actually go putt it out. Um, and a lot of that is is partially due to speed uh, because there's so many matches happening on on the course at once. They're trying to be as, as quick as possible. Um, and so Dustin Johnson, who is the number one golfer in the world, for anybody who is unaware, um, I think that Dustin was was technically wrong because he assumed that Kevin Na was going to concede it. And and in this tournament specifically, we have had drama before where mm -hmm. players made an yeah. assumption about uh, something that was going to be conceded. Uh, there was the Sergio Cooch situation. What was it like four years ago? Yeah. Um, and so the, the, the rule of thumb as, as silly as it is to Tony's point is you have to wait for your opponent to concede the putt. So Dustin, Dang, Johnson, it's good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dustin Johnson didn't do that. He picked his ball up and Kevin Na, who was his opponent went up to him and said, yo, I had not conceded that putt. I'm not going to make a big deal about it. I'm literally making a big deal about it right now, but I just want you to know that I could make an even bigger deal about it, but I'm not going to. I think the only solace you can take, Tony, is that I believe Kevin Na won that match by two. So if even if DJ had won that hole, Kevin Na still would have won. Yeah, but I'm just and, – and look, I don't want to just, you know, talk about it a whole lot, but I just know – it's just one of those like it's it's gamesmanship. It's sure, like, okay, yeah. it's good, dude. You know, there's, pick it there's up. a level. Yeah, be cool. The be cool, Kevin. In the be form cool. in the formality of it is, and I think it just creates a little dissension. And I think Kevin Ah, I think he's been involved. I don't know if he's been involved in some other controversy. It's not like a, I would say Patrick Reed, but um, but look, I just think I just I just kind of know I know how that is in my little match play right, that right, I right. have. And I'm like the guys were giving me a putt like six inches all day long right right and that's that's nothing and 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 on the pga tour when there's like millions and dollars at stake and world rankings and fedex points and everything else that goes along with it 
I mean, come on, dude. And I, I think, you know, the PGA has got so many rules in itself, right. but to me, I just think that's more like the gamesmanship and it look at it may. And I'm not, I don't know exactly how many holes they had after that. I don't know if that closed it out, but to me, I would be pissed off. I would have a little resentment to that dude. Like, dude, I just want to get off the golf course before I break his neck. So I, it's funny you bring this up because I am actually pissed off at Kevin Na. Um, in in my uh, my local neighborhood where we live, uh, we do a formatted tournament anytime a major happens. So like mm-hmm. like next week when the Masters happens, Tony and I are about to talk Cowboys. I promise. Uh, but um, <laughs> but so you, I think I've told you about this. You build your foursome. We take the top thirty go- or top thirty six golfers in the world. So the top 12 are tier one, the next 12 are tier two, the final 12 are tier three. You get to pick one golfer from each of those three tiers and mm-hmm. you take their Thursday and Friday scores. And, and then we go play around ourselves. And so we add our score with our handicaps into the mix. And the, so the low net win. So it's, you know, it's a cool way. Like you've got some skin in the game. You know, if you've picked Justin Thomas or whatever, you're rooting for him to give you more strokes or whatever. It's, it's a fun little format. But the reason I, I'm pissed is I picked Kevin Na in one of my tiers at the players about a month ago. And Kevin Na went eight over on Thursday and then withdrew. <laughs> and and so like he just he just left me hanging. He actually cost me eight strokes i was really pissed off uh so um i never well, had a later date when we're when it's kind of slow which is never slow when you're covering the cowboys i'll tell you another kevin now story but one thing i'm not really pissed off is to kind of pivot this thing is what the cowboys have done in free agency so you're I'm like on defense you're, you're happy like uh, like is that too strong of a word or you're just you're mildly content because i think i'm, I'm mildly content. content i think I, I think i'm content i think that there is obviously this emphasis for them to really address the defensive side of the ball. And I think the greatest part about free agency and you know, this, you know, this RJ, you've been doing this for so long with following the Cowboys is that it's like, it's like adding new parts on the car. It's customizing it and making it better and making it look better and hopefully run better. And I think right now the Cowboys are really trying to, to build that car. And yeah, I think that that's where you got to start with. Uh, I think obviously uh, Mike McCarthy is listening to someone, maybe that being Dan Quinn, and just really knowing what happened last year, that they got to get better different positions. So while it may not be these really hit, I mean, guy, I mean, we got he's got two players now that were formerly with the, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, mm-hmm. While we don't really know how it's going to fit in now, I think that they've really, you know, when you have some, when you, when you, you have a personal relationship with players and you kind of know what they're like. It really just, it adds a little bit more credibility. So I am right now, I am very, as you mentioned, mildly content. I'm content with what the Cowboys have done this far. Yeah. And I mean, um, you know, there wasn't to be fully clear here. Like my, I think everybody's like, if, if everybody has one problem, it's that they still don't have like, like a badass safety, right? Like they have, they have options, but they just, they don't have that, that true unquestioned. I don't even want to say alpha, but just like obvious best player in the room. Um, But which is going to have to come through the draft or they're going to have to go out and spend a ton of money for that position. Right. It's like, you know, those, um, those like claw machines, like where you get like stuffed animals or whatever oh, you're know talking yeah. about, um, you just donate money. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you've won Listen one once or twice for your daughter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, Oh yeah. Yeah. But 
but like so they have different kinds of them and sometimes they have like awesome prizes right like they have like mm-hmm. a like a, an awesome basketball or something um like that's the version of the safety right like the awesome basketball you're like oh like as the claws coming up you're like oh my gosh i can't believe i yeah. hooked it whatever but then there's like um like at a movie theater they have these like they're not even claws as much as they're like scoops they look like dustpans and uh, and it's just a bunch of candy and so it, it like goes and grabs like, you know, like a Tootsie Roll and like all, like a, just a hodgepodge of candy. And so you get like, you know, eight little different pieces of candy. That's how they've approached the safety position, right? Like it's just a scoop of stuff. You know what I mean? And I'm fine with that. And I'm, I mean, fine in the sense that I'm mildly content. I obviously it could be better. Um, but like to your point, you know, and, and this is this is a perfect discussion for the 750 because, you know, you are the you are the consummate Cowboys Falcons hybrid here. But I mean, <laughs> like, forgive me for not being like over the moon excited that, you know, their two biggest signings have been the most obvious ones possible in that, you know, well, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's I'm just I, I'm not like floored by the fact that they went after two of Dan Quinn's former disciples that happened to be on the open market. Like it was it was incredibly obvious that they were going to do that. And so the fact that they did doesn't really make a difference to me. It just, it actually means that they're predictable. Like the fact that it was so predictable actually takes away from the shine a little bit. I don't know if maybe I'm being picky, uh, but, and I will say that they have done a great job financially. They don't have any long-term commitments to any of these players. The details for the DeMonte KZ contract came out. We wrote about those on the site. And I mean, it is, it is all low risk. However, Jerry Jones said himself in Dak Prescott's, you know, contract announcement press conference that, you know, typically when he's tried to get a bargain, he's gotten what he's paid for. And so, yeah, cool. Good job. You, you paid very little money for these options, but there's a reason why you could have all these guys for such low cost. Yeah. But I think it all comes down to depth and I don't know some of these, and we talk about every, the, the hype and signing different guys and with a name that, Ha ha Clinton Dix, for example, last year, but I thought, oh, this guy's going to come in and play to that Pro Bowl status he did once before. And I don't know. It just didn't work out. I don't know if it was because of the the type of uh, scheme they ran. I I don't know. And I think a lot I think there's a little bit more hype with that. And so so every year there's going to be this this sense of, uh, you know, optimism. And I think, look, it doesn't you know to me, as long as they everything around them is better. okay. Like just not the safety position because I think that's what sure. we lose sight of. It's it's not just one position. I mean, it's one position in whole because you got to have everything around you to build on. You got to have a good linebacker. You got to have a front, obviously the front seven. I mean, those things make a lot of people better. And right. I think for me, that is what I don't really look in, especially the safety position, because a lot of things have to go hand in hand and. I never saw just a, a safety me a big difference maker when he didn't have everything around him in sure. front of me better. So while look, I I want to I want to jump up and down and and get all excited. I'm just really content with you know the the guys that put around me. They got some depth, and we'll see. And and they've lost players too. Sure. I mean, this I, is definitely not going to be the same team that we saw last year. I mean, I think on our site we. In, in the blog and the boys, you saw the difference in last year, this in this year's roster already. It's already changed somewhat, right. quite a bit. Well, and and I do think it's commendable that they have let the players walk that they have. 
Uh, yeah, obviously those were mistakes that, that were that were made once upon a time. But, you know, good on them not doubling down. I maintain I don't want to go down that rabbit hole again, but the LP Ladusser thing I'm still salt, salty about. But whatever. Um, but um, but um, I mean, yeah, we like, definitely want to have to go down that. Well, no, no, that's funny rabbit hole. Um, that, that's, but but we can so, talk about Tyrone Crawford retiring, which is something we can we touch on. But so well that that has happened. That happened last Wednesday, so it's happened. But since real we, quick to the safety position, I think that when you look at you know the, the 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 position that they really tried to get depth at, that everyone is always like the fans. Oh damn, we got to get better at safety. We got to make a change, and we're horrible at that position. And then you know I, I think when you bring some three or four different guys, especially all these guys that have visited, these players have visited them, and you go out and sign them, at least they're somewhat, we can all think that they're listening to what we're saying. Sure, sure. Uh, so addressing that. No, I agree. Uh, and I, do I, I think it's a position, yeah, you have to find – look, I mean, it, it's very friendly, salary cap friendly. Uh, the guys, if they do develop and come back to some of their years that they played, I mean, they're older players, hey, it's a one-year deal. I mean, that's you're you're taking it's a it's a rental for one year. I agree, and I also like the fact that they w did not shy away from Keanu Neal. Obviously, yeah. there's, there's a lot of talk that he's going to play some weak side linebacker for them, and I like that in that they they have not shied away from, um, I guess putting creating competition for Jalen, right? Because mm -hmm. we've, we've talked a lot about Jalen. We've said a lot of words about him. So I liked it that, you know, I'm not saying that Keanu Neal signing like puts Jalen on notice, but I like that. I like that it, it ruffles some feathers in that particular capacity. Um, I, I do want to say before we talk about Tyrone Crawford, I don't disagree with you. The philosophy that they have used this off season is fine. That It's, it's fair. However, we've seen it not work out for a long time, right? Like if, if in a vacuum, like if, if team X was approaching their team yeah. this way, it would be fair, but this particular team has, has gone about free agency this way year after year, after year, after year, they've, they've been afraid to spend money for about a decade since the Brandon Carr contract and it has not worked out. So that's, that's the only part where I think people are now like, just, you know, there, this doesn't make logical sense, but just spend some money so that we can feel like you're doing something different um, because until they do, you know, it, it looks like it's going to yield the same results, but you mentioned Tyrone Crawford. Um, by the way, that was super awkward. How Mike McCarthy just like revealed that. Um, and so I was thinking about this because Mike McCarthy spoke last Wednesday and he said a lot of things talked about Dan Quinn and Keanu Neal and everybody. He actually got Keanu Neal confused with J Ron curse, by the way. Um, so it was a really funny press conference. I can think of some other people that get names confused, but I'm right. not going to get into politics. <laughs> right. But so I was thinking about this and that press conference last Wednesday at the star was Mike McCarthy's first in-person speaking engagement since the combine last year. It was only the second time that he has ever held any sort of press conference at the star the only other instance was his introductory press conference when he was named the Cowboys head coach in January of last year. And then I was thinking about this even more. The dude sat out all of the 2019 season. So last Wednesday was literally like the third time he has spoken in front of a room full of actual life people since like December of 2018. So it makes a little bit of sense in my mind. This, this is maybe a, a harsh way to put it. 
um, for him to be a little bit awkward, right? <laughs> like for him to, for him it's to. It's been a while since he's been in that, in that setting. Right. Like and it's, it's good. That, yeah, yeah. It's it, like we talked about, like the best March Madness and everything in the Masters. You know, there's some type of normalcy because, as you mentioned, 2019, he was out. And last year, we didn't have any social distance and we couldn't, we could never do anything like that. Right. But he still looks the same. He still looks like he's, he's got the beard, though, man. Yeah. He's, he's, he looks healthy, um, which is <laughs> saying that mildly, mildly. But uh, yeah, I just, I, I just think that now I think it's kind of different because we got so used to all this zoom calls and right. everything else and actually to see him in that setting and really just kind of has some type of routine because That's- I think these coaches are, they want to get back in a routine and, and look, even we'll give my McCarthy, just maybe a slight hall pass. Of course he'd been out for a year and he had all of a sudden he's used to, it's, it's all this electronically meeting and everything with players. We'll give him the we'll hall pass from, from last year. No, I agree. Just him having to be, you know, him having to be exposed to that his first year back. I think some people, when they when they do any sort of public speaking, there are some people who can do it in a really robotic way and be great at it, mm-hmm. like Jason Garrett, right? But then yeah. there's a, there's other people who need to, like, play off the crowd. And, right. and, that, and that's Mike McCarthy. Like, he made the joke um, about when he found out about Dak Prescott's contract, he was in Florida. He said, yeah, it's easier to do cartwheels in the sand. The whole room laughed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, like, he needs that. And now, so see, I would have loved to see TikTok of him doing cartwheels Ooh. In the sands in Florida, wouldn't that be that? I mean, he, that's he needs to do something like that. I, I could never envision that, but wouldn't that be just viral to see a, a dude like him, the way he's built, and you know, an older guy, kind of like me, but his his physiology, makeup, and the way he looks, I think that would be just uh, hilarious. Well, that's I pretty athletic at that. I think he, I, I think he's a funny guy, and I think he needs. He's the people's uh the the saying I believe about Tinkerbell, you know, the, the little fairy in Disney, she needs applause to live. Like that's like the saying people say about her. Mm-hmm. Like Mike McCarthy needs that applause from the crowd to really be going. And so like it was, you know, he hadn't done that in a long time. You know, like how long had it been since Mike McCarthy had made a room of reporters laugh? You know what I mean? Like it had been a while. Um, and when you think about it, the last press conference that he did at the star before last Wednesday was the one in which he said, oh, yeah, I didn't watch every play. I, I just said that to get the job. And everybody was like, everybody laughed, but in like a super awkward way. Uh, so I'm I'm willing to give the guy and cut the guy some slack. But so to that point, he awkwardly revealed that Tyrone Crawford is retiring. The Cowboys drafted Crawford in the third round in 2012 out of Boise State, uh, the school that they love more than any other one in the country. And um, I think he had a fine career. Um I mean, it, it wasn't it certainly wasn't special. And that's not like a knock on Tyrone. And I actually think, you know, he's an example of how the Cowboys coaching staff failed a lot of players. I mean, early on, it was OK. Tyrone Crawford's an interior defensive lineman. No, oh, he's he's an edge rusher. They, they could just never decide. And I mean that I mean, you tell me, like, could you have floated in and out, you know, early on in your career? I mean, you could have done it. But, you know, that that seems like a hard thing to do. Like even you mentioned like physiological makeup, like who who is built besides maybe J.J. Watt to constantly float in and out all the time along the line? And I, I think that that's what they they asked him to do. And he got the, the big contract. In 2015, they got an extension for $45 million, five-year deal. And as, as you mentioned, the third-round draft pick. 
And I think that really he was kind of like the utility guy. I mean, they asked him to do a lot of different things. And I think when no one likes to play down inside because that's a dog eat world. And I'll just tell you that right now, that's where all the dogs and a lot of bad things happen in the trenches Uh, as an edge rusher. It's totally different. So I can understand that. And I think for him, it was, uh, I think it had to do more with luck. And I always tell everyone longevity. And obviously you don't have to play 12 years or multiple years in the National Football League. You get that one contract and then you just listen, you know, that one extension. And then you just listen to your body. And, you know, he talked about Rod Marinelli. Rod Marinelli is a, is an old school guy, but that's the way he coaches, but that's tough love. Um, and he, and he, re, he alluded to or referred to dog years. And I can understand that because your body to me, once you start leaving the game, that's when you have more of the issues. And you get to a certain point in your career, I'm like, you know, I played this song, I'm done. But for him to have hip replace or not hip, hip surgery and that mm-hmm. piece, that's, I couldn't imagine playing with that type of injury. And so to me, I think that, as I mentioned, he got the money uh, and he just really wasn't lucky. And I think when they put him, asked him to go down in the trenches, to, to me, that really knocked some really quality and productive years off his career because of that, because it's such just a grind. It's, a, it's just a it, – it, someone always asks me, when I played – when I switched, I please play the nose, and then I moved to the 4-3. And to me, that was a rebirth of my career. But I always refer to that position as a fire hydrant. And what's the dogs like to do when they see a fire hydrant? For some reason, it's like to lift their leg up, okay? Mm-hmm. And so I just felt like that. So um, not to, you know, to refer to Tyrone uh, Crawford's career as that, but if you ask me, how would you rate his career in the NFL? Um, Average, not below average, but average. The guy had plays, but he was serviceable. He did what they asked him to do. Right. And I, I think he had athletically a lot of promise early on. And I think that the the Cowboys have just outthought themselves on certain players like that. I think if if he'd been able to devote himself to one position early on in his career, I mean things might have been different. They made the same mistake with Byron Jones, right? Like early on, is he is he a safety? Is he a corner? We're gonna play him here. We're gonna play him there. It's like no, man. I mean just just find what he's best at and let him do that. And um, I I also think. I, like sometimes the whole like leadership thing gets gets a little bit, you know, o- over over talked about. But Tyrone really did develop into one of the strongest leaders in the locker room. Um, if you'll recall two, uh, well now three years ago in, in 2018, uh, when the Cowboys were looking to clinch the division against the Buccaneers after they'd gotten blown out in Indianapolis the week before Tyrone got hurt. He was laying on the ground. The entire defense was shook up, and it was a big old yeah. deal. Um, so he is somebody that's that's been a face of them, you know, on on the defense. But I mean, and again, I don't want to bag on Tyrone here. I mean, certainly he had a fine career, but he like the fact he has. I don't think there's any dispute that he's been a face of the defense for a large part of his career. But to your point, I mean, he had a really average career, and so the fact that like the face of your defense was this player who had an average career kind of speaks to who your defense was that entire time. Like the, he got drafted in 2012 and in 2013, the Cowboys had one of the worst defenses of all time um, under Rob Bryan in 2014. They were fine. Um, they were really lucky in the turnover department. Um, 2015, they actually were fairly solid in 2015, but t- that was the year Tony Romo got hurt, which obviously ruined everything. 2016, they were okay. 
but ever since then, it's been a downward trajectory, although they did have the nice bump in 20. I mean, they had some moments like, you know, they, they had some nice moments. But Tony, they already gave out his number. I don't know if you saw this. They already I mean, it's a cold world. The Cowboys gave out uh, Tyrone's number to Terrell Basham and hey. they gave out LP Lidesare's number to hey. Carlos Watkins. What's going yeah, on that's, here? That, there's no there's no loyalty to anyone. That's the way to the National Football League. That's the way the football go. And so, and, and so back to, to Tyron, uh, Tyron, I, I look at his career and I know he had five and a half sacks. You mentioned he came in the league in 2012. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I guess he had that great year, a good year. And he only, his best year is five and a half sacks. And then they extend his contract five years and $45 million. And I'm thinking, and I wish I would have played back in the day, but I'm not even going to go with that. But my point is, is that when you look at that, and I always question, it's like, what? And good for Tyrone, because I had a chance to spend some time. Went to a football camp in Mexico. He's a great dude, him along with Demarcus Lawrence. And so I, I'm good for him. I'm always pro player. I'm glad he got paid. But I look at what he put up as far as numbers and the value he was to this team. I think it was more like um, they had more confidence and that they trusted him. And I think sometimes – that goes a long way because they give him the money. But when I look at what his production wise and to validate that, which 45 million for five years is not that big a deal. And that's a football league. Um, as I mentioned, I, I just never understood the, the reason why, unless that's because they, they, he was consistent. It was all and about think, potential. Like they, they, they paid him based on who they thought he could be. Well, that's- I think they paid him on what he did that year. And I think potentially they thought that maybe this guy's worth that number mm-hmm. or he could go out in free agency. As we mentioned, we see it every year at free agency. Uh, but to his, to, you know, to his case, I think it was the same circumstance. If he goes out on a mark open market, he's probably going to get $50 million. So the Cowboys felt like that they had to keep in house what, who they drafted and he ended up playing nine years. And unfortunately, um, you know, his career was, was cut short by injuries, say whether or not he's 31 years old. Yeah, that sounds old in the National Football League, but who's maybe those nine years could have been more productive years when I, when, when I, when I, <laughs> we're not, oh, we're leaving right that there. in. That ain't going yeah, anywhere. We'll that, that was in. awesome. Tony <laughs> dropped his, his camera. That was so good. Well, I do a broadcast on my, my iPhone, and it's so funny because I got a new computer. I uh, inherited my wife's computer and I we're doing my, and, and I'm staying on track, brother. And so all this, I have all these old pictures coming up of us going on vacation with the kids on my, on my, uh, on my screensaver. So sorry about that. But uh, anyway, that was so uh, funny. I caught it. <laughs> um, I agree. Caught the uh, phone. <laughs> I, re- I remember vividly. I don't think it was a podcast, but I remember watching NFL network um, or maybe it was a podcast, uh, but that that offseason six years ago in 2015 after he got his deal. And I remember Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network's draft analyst. Uh, he said that he liked the signing. He said he referred to him as a poor man's Indomitian Sioux. And a lot of people thought that he could be that. Like a lot of people thought he had the athletic gifts to reach that kind of, of player wow. mold. Um, I never heard that one. <laughs> I would have, I would have to disagree with that. And Domkon Sue to me was one of the most ferocious players coming out of college. And I just don't, I mean, uh, maybe potentially maybe some of the moves, but right. That's what I'm physical, saying. Like that, if, if you had to compare him to a player, yeah, like that, that was, 
that was the guy he could be most like. I think that was wow. at, at the at his peak. That was that was a yeah. fair comparison to draw. Mm-hmm. Um, on the subject of jersey numbers, I just checked, um, and the Cowboys have a jersey number listed for Demonte KZ, the newest safety in town. Mm-hmm. What what number do you think they gave him? It's it sucks. I'll tell you that. Twenty eight. Um, no, it's in the thirties. I'll give you that clue. Uh, thirty one. No. Uh, they gave him number 35. I don't even know. There's already up at 31. I'm just, I, I don't have the roster in front of me, right. but they gave, him um, a, they gave him 35. That sucks. Um, that number sucks for a safety. I'm sorry. That number's uh, terrible. Well, at least it's not 33. I don't know if they'll ever give 33 away. But oh, they've given 30. Goes, they've given. Th- okay, Ch- they have. Cheeto had 33 his rookie year. But I'm, but I'm just saying, at least it's not some legend like a ring of honor hall of famer that they yeah. gave the number to, but I got but, a problem with 35. That sounds like a safe. That sounds like a nah, dude. safety position. The, what do you want a single digit? What do you want? No, the best safety numbers are if you're fast, like 32, 32 is a good safety number. Um, I think 37 is a great safety number. So Donovan Wilson's got it. Shout out to your boy, James Washington. Yeah. Um, I think that 42, <laughs> Yeah, 42 is a great safety number. Yeah, that's a good uh, one. You know what I mean? I also I like three zero. Three zero. Well, that's 3. Anthony 0. Brown. But th- yeah, I, but I'm just saying if you're going to have look, as long as it's not, I, I, I think it's so cool though. And you look into college football, you got off defensive oh, yeah. linemen with number number one or zero. Uh, I think that that's really a good number that, to be able to have. But, you know, and, and that's the reason why. Look, when you talk about numbers, he got me off track again, but that's what I do on the seven five O's. When I came into the National Football League, I wanted my college number ninety two because that was the college number I was at OU. And when I got to Atlanta, I'm like, uh, dude, I want number ninety two. Uh, you can't have that. You have to have a number in the seventies. I'm like, what? Mm. And I was like, who has number ninety two? I don't even think anyone had number ninety two. And, and the equipment manager was kind of a jerk, anyways. Hated rookies. So that's when I got 75 because of Howie Long. I'm like, okay, give me someone that's great. So that's what I – but, yeah, I, I had no problem with that number. As long as a guy can ball because that's what we remember. Remember the ones that can ball, that have great careers. Remember those numbers of those guys. Right. Um, so I don't disagree with any of that. I'm looking want to hear – write your own narrative, my man. Um, I'm looking here <laughs> at the 1986 Atlanta Falcons roster – um to see who had number 92 um i can't even think of it there was a number there was a 92 and i'm like well i'm gonna buy it from you i'm the i'm the number one pick on your team all right give me my um, own damn number there was not i mean not according That's to pro I'm football saying. reference I mean, it, it, it was just ridiculous and inexplicable that i could not get number 92 and that's why i end up wearing 75 there which um, works out there were only two players who wore who had numbers in the nineties in general. Um, so and and one of them was a rookie. Um, d- can you can you name him? Um, he he, he was without the, googling it. Without he googling was the he like was the se- he was the seventeenth overall pick. Um. Oh, was that Tim Green? It was. Look at yeah. that. What number? Ninety nine. That's right. Okay. The, the other one. And that's your- the, the other one, your clue is he went to Hawaii. Oh, I uh, went to Hawaii. He's got a great name at, to, to have, like, <laughs> just a great name to, like, you know, so-and-so not, from Hawaii. He to was it, no, to it. No, I'm not. He was number to. 96. 
Uh, give me a clue. What was his first name? Uh, it starts with a J. I'll give you that. Oh, man. I should know this. His initials are JT. It's not Justin Thomas. JT. Uh, Jonathan. You're on the right track. You're on the right track. Jonathan. Johnny. Uh, We're looking for Johnny. Johnny. Johnny Taylor. That's right. Look at that. Wow, look at that, man. Um, interest. This is a really interesting roster to look at it. Do you know that they have you listed as one of three rookie starters on the Falcons defense? Can you name the other two? Um, they, I'll give you the clue that they speaking of safety. They were they were both safeties. Yeah, I know starters. who it is. Oh my gosh. Um, I know you. You got to put me on the spot like this. <laughs> Can I Google it real quick? Uh, no, but this this is the the prize for. Well, I know Tim. Phone. I don't I don't know if Tim started or not because because no. yeah, God bless him. He got diagnosed with ALS about three years, four years ago. I don't know if you knew that, but anyway, uh, prayers for him and his family. Um, man, I'm drawing a blank. Um, give me so, a, give me the first name. So uh, one of them. I don't know why this this. What player... college they go to? What the two players that started besides me? Well, so. Again, one of them, I don't know why he was listed as a rookie. He may have been a free agent. Um, what It seems like it. So yeah. one of these players um, was actually drafted by the Los Angeles Raiders in 1985, the year before. Hmm. But he's listed as a rookie. So I don't know if he played. Long in, ass time ago. Well, I don't know if he was playing like in the USFL or something, like his like his his actual true rookie season. So maybe this was his rookie season in the NFL. I'll just go ahead and tell you, the one I'm talking about right now is Brett Clark, started at free safety. And, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm and, now, and did, yeah. Brett, did, did Brett go to the University of Nebraska? He went to, um, he did, he did. Good okay. job there. Sure. Yeah, shout, out, shout out Sue. Yeah. And it, <laughs> make, it makes sense here because he's listed as being 25 years old. So, I mean, it's hard to be 25 years old and be a rookie. Um, but so the other one, Damn, was, he's over 60 now, man. He's older than me. Thank the, God. The, the other one was your starting strong safety. Um, and I'll tell you his college. Was he number 92? He was number. No, no, he was not. He went to Northwestern State, Louisiana. Oh gosh, that's why I don't remember it. And I'm sorry if I don't. Um, uh, I think he was. I think he was an undrafted free agent. So holy crap, you guys started an undrafted free agent yeah. at strong safety. What a yeah, different you, time. Yeah, and that's why we were probably four and twelve that first year. I, um, I think it was, it was pretty bad. It was Robert Moore. <laughs> That's the player oh, remember, we're looking yeah, for here. Yeah, I remember Robert Moore. Yeah, that was yeah. Now that you mention it, but while while we're while we're having quiz time, um, you did also have an offensive rookie who started for the Falcons that season. Um, he was your sixth round pick and running back, right? No, and he went to Stephen F. Austin, so right down the street from you. All right, maybe not right Gosh. down the street, but you know, pretty close. I know Steve. Yeah, that's it. Um, okay. Mm, offensive wide receiver that's your clue oh wide receiver man i'm drawing a blank and that's that's what happens you play that that's <laughs> that's why tyrone crawford retired because <laughs> after nine years he forgets shit or stuff i'm sorry <laughs> when it, he's my age it was i'm drawing uh, a blank give me the first name just give me at least give me the first name clue it starts with the letters fl their first name FL Floyd yes. Floyd, right? Yes. 
See, I got the first name, but I can't remember the last name. <laughs> well, what do you mean I, you got the first name? What other name could start with FL? That was well, a, I don't you know, know. I mean, there's a lot of different it, names. At least I got it. It was Floyd um, Dixon. That's who it was. Okay, I remember Floyd Dixon. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he was a pretty he was a nice player. I, I remember that. But you know, that was kind of the uh the difference between the Cowboys franchise and the Atlanta franchise back then. There was now, there was this uh, sense of expectation. So at least the Cowboy fans now in 21, hopefully it'll rub off because of Atlanta and some of their, the whole, mm-hmm. the, you know, the whole premise on what they're trying to accomplish, I'd hope. But uh, you just never know. But, yeah, that's interesting that after all these years, I would not remember those, those uh, just uh, you know, names of the past. So three things here as we wrap up. Number one, um, I can't remember anything. <laughs> no, no. Number number one, um, I'm I'm pissed that you were not allowed to have number ninety two because now defensive tackles can wear number ninety two, um, so that sucks that they you know in, prohibited you from having number. But yeah, I just but, don't see. Think about that. If a rookie wants to come in, it's, and that's the first thing. Okay, well, what number you want? Well, you would have really. I didn't even it. have the opportunity to buy the number. Like, dude, I you know I'm a big I'm a second player picked in the draft. Let right. me buy it for. $100. No one even had it. <laughs> right. That sucks. I mean, it's, but I will say the 750 sounds a lot cooler than the 92. Yeah, I like 75. Uh, yeah, I do. That's, so, it worked out well. Uh, agreed. But, um, you know, like think about it this way. You know, you ended up winning the Super Bowl in 1992. So you, you still, you know, that seven. number still means something. Yeah, uh, that's true. Hey, you know what? Hey, <laughs> nice. I like yeah. to have nicely done there, bro. That's right. Uh, so that was thing number one. Thing number two is we have to just make quiz time with Tony a thing now. So like every episode, I think we should. every episode, we're going to quiz you uh, about something to do with an old teammate or old roster. Then I'm going to quiz you. We'll get it done. But so look forward to next week. <laughs> I like that. Do that. Let's do that. Uh, my final thing. I'm sure <laughs> that I've brought this up before. Holy crap. Ken Wisenhunt was the all starting time. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Wow. <laughs> Who did, could, I mean, I'm sure you've been asked before, but like, could you tell he was going to be a coach someday? Yeah, I think he had that type of personality and just uh, he was very knowledgeable, very mm. smart guy. He went to he went to Georgia Tech was from that area. Um, but no, I never thought he would be an offensive coordinator. I don't ever I don't think you ever think about that at the time. But right. He's he definitely was very uh, intuitive of the game. Uh, he's a smart guy, uh, very uh, uh, kind of he was a reliable dude. Uh, so uh, I. I when he, I think, which he coached uh, was Arizona when he was he it, took him to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, and I just remember that I know that guy. I used to play with him, and yep. he's a great guy too. I mean, he was a, a tremendous dude, and so uh, I. But I never did thought, never thought he'd be coaching a super a team in the Super Bowl. Same. I know he wasn't going to play in one. I know he wasn't going to play in uh, one in Atlanta, so that's the closest he was going to get. Uh, well, shout out to uh, Brett Clark, Robert Moore, Floyd Dixon, yeah. Ken Wisenhunt. Uh, Legends mighty, of the game. The, mighty, the, the mighty 1986 <laughs> Atlanta Falcons. Uh, but screw them for not letting you have number 92. But That's um, what I say. Either way. Uh, okay. Well, next week, another quiz time. Next week, it'll also mm-hmm. be Masters week. Tony and I are obviously going to find a way to tie the Masters into um, into the Cowboys. So uh, we'll see what happens, see what moves the Cowboys make. But everybody, we hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next week. Uh, Tony, don't drop your phone again. This was the 750. <laughs>